Hi, hi, hi. Welcome to Body Peace Collective. My name is Erin Palmer, and I'm so glad that you're here. In our last episode, we talked about how oftentimes we use our body as a reflection of our worth and how when we do that, how damaging that can be for us. And today, I want to talk a little bit more about how your body is not the problem. The way that society views and shames our bodies is the problem. We're going to talk about some of the messages that the beauty and fitness and diet industry send to us and how we can kind of think our way outside of those messages. Maybe kind of give you some food for thought, ways that you can maybe look at these these things in a different way. When you think about beauty standards and what exists and the boxes that we are put into as women with regards to our physical size and appearance, um, it's crazy to me that we look at our bodies and then we look at these beauty standards that the media has created. And our first thought is that something is wrong with us, right? Instead of questioning that something might be wrong with the standards themselves, we just assume that it must be us that is not skinny enough, tall enough, beautiful enough. I thought about this a long time ago, actually, when I ordered a new shirt online. So I didn't have a chance to try it on. I actually don't try on clothes. Even when I do go to the store, it drives my husband crazy. But I I ordered this new shirt and I put it on and it was just tight in all the wrong places. And my first thought was, what is wrong with my body? Isn't that interesting? Have you ever had that experience before where, yeah, it, it just doesn't fit the right way? And instead, our first thought is usually that something is wrong with us And that is why the shirt doesn't fit, right? We're too fat, too square, too soft, too fill in the blank. But another way to look at that situation is that what if something is wrong with the shirt? What if our body is exactly the way that it needs to be? And it's the shirt that has the problem. Maybe we just misunderstood the brand sizing, or maybe the cuts and the darts and the style didn't match our literally one in a million body that's not like anybody else's. So why is it that our first reaction is that something is wrong with us? If you think about it, we don't do that in any other area of our lives when something isn't a good fit, right? If we try food and we don't enjoy it, if we don't like pickled oysters or sardines or, I don't know, soggy bread, we blame the food, right? That food is not good. We don't say that something is wrong, inherently wrong with us. Or when we shop for a house or a new car, we typically don't buy something if it doesn't fit us and our lifestyle. The car or the house was the problem, right? That's what didn't work for us. But for some reason, with things regarding our appearance and our bodies, our automatic go-to is that we are what is broken. We are what is wrong. Too big, too small, too tall, too short. And I think it's important to remember that the media and the beauty industry and the fitness and the diet industry, their job is to create a doctored, unreachable ideal that will continue to drive their sales because we as women will seek desperately to achieve that impossible look, right? That's, that's their job. You are not broken. Your body is not the problem. Nothing is wrong with your body except for the way that you treat it as a result of believing what the media is selling you. Do you remember the story, The Emperor's New Clothes? 
It's about this emperor, this king, and he wants to have the finest clothes in all the land. And so he has a bunch of tailors come and try to prove to him that they have the finest clothes. And there are these two swindlers who decide that they're going to dupe the emperor. And they tell him that they have this cloth and these clothes that can only be seen by the most elite and cultured people, right? And of course, the king can't see anything because there's nothing there. And But he doesn't want to admit that because then people are going to question him. And so he hires these swindlers to create for him a wardrobe. And then after these swindlers create a fake wardrobe, he decides to go on a parade in his community, in his town. And all of the people are ooing and aahing over these clothes because nobody wants to be the one that admits they can't see anything. But finally, a little boy, he calls out and says, why is the king in his underwear? And it was only then, only when he called it out, that everyone realized that this whole, this whole clothing debacle was based on a lie, that there truly was nothing there. You can call out the diet and fitness industry. You can say, all I see is underwear. And you can stop playing into this role as a consumer and as a woman. Did you know that the diet and fitness industry is a $72 billion industry just in the U.S.? And they're capitalizing off of the idea that the way your body is right now is not okay. Now, I want to be really careful and I, and I want to differentiate right now the difference between health and body size. Because a lot of times when I begin to talk about this topic, people will say to me like, oh, well, so-and-so weighs this many pounds and they have all these health problems. So that the way their body is right now is not okay. Okay. And so really quickly, let's differentiate between body size and health, because most people associate them to be one and the same. When we measure body size, we typically do so by weight and by height. Okay, the most common measuring tool that is used for health, quote unquote, is weight. It's the scale, which tells us the weight of our body, which actually is not a reflection of health. So let's look objectively for just a second at what the scale is actually telling us. The scale is only telling us the gravitational pull of the earth on our body. That's literally all that it is saying. It's not taking into account our muscles, our bone density, our hormonal inflections as a result of our periods. It's not taking into account whether your bladder is full or whether you just ate a large meal The weight can fluctuate multiple pounds in a day purely based off of your water intake, okay? The gravitational pull of the earth on your body is not a measurement of health. Another common measuring tool that is used is BMI or body mass index. And the body mass index is essentially saying it's taking into account your height, and your weight, and whether you are a woman or a man. And then it categorizes you into um, sections based off of whatever number you achieve. Okay, so if we look at that again objectively, 
right? If it takes into account your weight, so the gravitational pull of the earth on your body and your height, how many inches you are, then BMI is also not a measure of health. It's a measure of the gravitational pull of the earth per inch of your body. That's literally all that it is telling you. In fact, and I, I mean, I, I respect the medical profession very, very much, but I'm still a little bit shocked that they use this, that they use the BMI as a tool to measure people's health. Did you know that Michael Phelps, one of the greatest Olympians of all time, is considered obese according to the body mass index, the BMI scale? Isn't that crazy? Okay, health is not measured by our weight, by the scale, or by the size of our body. Health is measured by practices and habits that we have within our life. Okay, practices such as getting enough sleep, moving our body in a way that is enjoyable every day, right? Practicing good mental health habits, getting enough food. Okay, those are things that we can measure that measure health. But in our society, for some reason, you know, we see people at the pool and we compare bodies. We see a smaller bodied woman and we say, she must be healthy. She must work out. You know what? Heroin addicts are some of the thinnest people and they are not healthy, but they are skinny. And if you've ever watched a marathon, you will see such a wide variety of body shapes and sizes coming across that finish line. That involves so much work, so much energy, so much dedication, and so much intention to be able to run that marathon. So to say that those people aren't healthy just because they have a larger body is incorrect and it's ignorant. There's a chance that this idea is making you a little bit uncomfortable because it goes against everything that we hear, even from the medical community and from the diet and fitness industry. But there are studies that prove that this is true. One of those studies, they took a cross-sectional group of over 5,000 people. And what they were looking for was they were looking for six cardiovascular metabolic abnormalities, which means... Well, I'll tell you what they were. They were looking for elevated blood pressure. They were looking for elevated triglyceride levels, which is the, essentially the fat in your blood. They were looking for elevated glucose levels, which is the sugar in your blood. They were looking for the presence of insulin resistance, which is usually a precursor to type 2 diabetes. They were looking for systematic inflammation and also for decreased HDLs, which are high-density lipid proteins, which are within your blood, and you want to have high HDLs. They're good. So they're looking for these metabolic abnormalities. And they took this cross-sectional group of five over 5,000 people. And do you know what they found? Among U.S. adults 20 years of age and older, approximately 25% of the normal weight adults had those these metabolic abnormalities. 25%, one out of four, of the normal weight adults had either elevated blood pressure, elevated triglycerides, insulin resistance, one of those aforementioned things. Okay. Whereas what's interesting, more than 50% of the overweight adults and 31% of the obese adults were actually metabolically healthy and did not have any of those markers. 
I've included this study in the show notes, so you can look over it and take from it what you will. But the conclusion of this study is that essentially we do not have the scientific evidence to say that being overweight causes poor health. I'm not saying, and and this is where people get really heated sometimes, I'm not saying that you shouldn't engage in healthy behaviors, such as moving your body in a way that brings you joy or getting enough sleep, eating enough food. I actually believe that engaging in those behaviors is one of the highest forms of self-care. What I am saying is that you shouldn't be engaging in those behaviors in order to change your body. You should be engaging in those behaviors because you love your body, you're grateful for your body, and you want your body to operate at its optimum level. The diet industry is not interested in getting you more healthy. Okay, They are only interested in you changing the size or shape of your body. And we are surrounded by their messages about our bodies. And those messages are so pervasive and they're so sneaky. Think about it for just one second. Every single part of our body is given a standard. From our eyelashes to our toenails. Like if you literally go through a woman's body, it's like her hair needs to look a certain way, be a certain thickness, her eyebrows, eyelashes, her skin, nose, cheekbones, chin, jawline, lips, neck, collarbone, shoulders, biceps, like literally every part of a woman's body has been given a standard of what it quote unquote should look like. Here's what's so interesting. The standards of beauty vary by culture. There is no universal beauty standard, right? Across cultures, the ideal form of beauty changes. Um, People with naturally dark skin, they want to be lighter. There are actually skin lightening creams. People try to avoid the sun. And on the flip side, people with light skin get spray tans or do tanning beds. They do things to be darker. Skinny girls want to build that booty and be curvy. And curvy girls want to be skinny. When I was in Uganda, I, I had a chance to live in Uganda for a couple of months when I was in college. And I had a really awesome opportunity to go to a wedding out in the bush And this woman, the bride, had been kept in a fat hut for up to two months before her wedding. And what a fat hut was, was she was not allowed to go fetch water or to help with any of the chores. She essentially, her job was to sit in this hut and they would bring her as much food as they could possibly spare. And her job was to get as large as she possibly could in order to be the most beautiful on her wedding day. Because in their culture... Stretch marks are beautiful. The larger, the better. And then it's interesting because in our culture, it's like, how much can you shrink, right? How small can you get? Here's what's fascinating. The only universal rule in beauty is that you have to hate what you've got and want what you don't have. It's a trap. It's not about reaching an ideal. There is no ideal. The ideal is fluid. But the underlying message is you have to hate what you've got and want what you don't have. These messages, though, are so powerful. If you think about it, beauty and bodies are used to sell everything from barbecue sauce to deodorant to car oil. Like these messages that we get in our society are so pervasive. They're everywhere. 
And if we're not actively fighting these messages in our own brains, then we're going to keep believing them. The way that I like to picture it is it's you're swimming up a river. It's not a super fast moving river, but it's fast enough that if you don't swim, you're going to be pushed downstream. And so you sit there and you swim, right? You're fighting those messages and it's okay to stay where you are. But after a little bit of time, you're going to start getting stronger against that current and you're going to be able to fight back. And you're going to be able to soon make progress up that river. And I feel like that's a lot like these messages and these ideals, right? They are all around us. We are in the middle of them all the time. And if we just allow ourselves, if if we don't take the time to sit there and fight them, right, and to, to question them, then we're slowly going to get swept downstream. So right now I want to talk a little bit about what are some of the common messages that we hear and how they can be dangerous. Message number one is that you need daily weigh-ins and other external measurements to tell you what you need and when you need it. Examples of these are scales or calorie counting apps or macro counting, um, fitness watches and things like that. Now in full disclosure, I have an Apple watch and I love it. I love it because I don't need my phone around my kids. Um, but I can still be connected in case someone needs me. I also love to see my heart rate. That sounds totally dorky. It's the science nerd in me, but it reminds me that I'm alive and that this body is working so hard for me all the time, even when I'm not consciously aware of it. And I also like my fitness watch because it pushes me to get outside and to move my body on days when I just don't feel like it. Now, I think there's a really fine balance, right? Because there are some days where my body needs rest. But there are also days where just maybe mentally or emotionally, I'm feeling a little bit bogged down. And gentle movement in a way that feels good is something that really helps me. But sometimes I don't choose that. And so I love my watch that reminds me, hey, you haven't moved today. So I'll strap on my shoes and I'll commit to five minutes. And I'll just go outside and start walking for five minutes. And then I tell myself that once the five minutes is done, depending on how I feel, I can go inside and be done or I can keep going. And I found that a lot of times I need to move, but I just don't feel like it. Other times I'm tired and I do. After the five minutes, I go inside. So I'm not dissing Apple watches, but I do think it's really important to be aware of the meaning that you are giving to them, the power that you are giving to them. Are you a bad person if you don't close your move ring? You know what I mean? Are you, are you counting calories and, and relying on this watch to tell you how much you should be restricting, those things are not helpful. So here's the thing. You do not need an external nutrition counter or a scale to tell you what your body needs. God literally created you with all of that built in. And that's why babies refuse to eat once they're satisfied. They're the most intuitive eaters ever. And if you think about it, if we really did need scales and macro counters and all of these things to reach optimum health, what have people done for thousands and thousands of years without those things, right? They've relied on intuition. They've learned to connect with themselves and to be aware when they needed more food or less food or more water or less water or more sleep or less sleep, right? But we've learned, we've been conditioned 
to listen to these outside forces telling us what we need to eat, when we need to eat it, and how much of it we should eat. And as a result, we've buried and we've burned that internal natural system within us. And what's dangerous about that is that we've disconnected from ourselves. And learning to trust ourselves is a key part in coming to appreciate and love our bodies. So my invitation to you is to throw away your scale or anything else that is causing you not to trust yourself. I know that could be super scary, but I threw away my scale eight years ago and I have never looked back. I don't know what I weigh when I go to the doctor's office when I'm pregnant. I just stand on the scale with my back to the scale um, because I know that they need to know because there are some indications that something is wrong. Sometimes when your weight changes rapidly, but for me, I don't need to know because I've learned to listen to my body and I've learned to know what I need. And that's a powerful, powerful thing. Message number two, we hear this a lot, especially at the beginning of the year. And the message is new body, new you, right? There are all of these promises that by, by losing weight or by toning up or by doing these things, that all of a sudden you'll be the person you've always wanted to be. And the things that you've wanted to come into your life will all of a sudden come into your life. But I want you to dig kind of deep right now and ask yourself, what are you really wanting to feel as a result of your weight loss or toning up or whatever that is, right? So often we want to lose weight or change our bodies because of what we think it will do for us. We'll be more accepted, more loved, more attractive, et cetera, all those things. But the truth is, is that's a lie. And as a personal trainer and a group fitness instructor, I've worked with so many people who have felt so lied to and let down to realize that all of the restricting and the effort that they put into changing their body landed them with the same person who just happened to take up less space and be extra hungry. Okay, skinny is not a feeling. So be honest with yourself. What is it that you really want to feel? Because the truth is, is that everything we feel is a result of what we think. Have you ever had a time when you were on a diet and you were following the diet protocol really, really closely? Like you hadn't quote unquote cheated at all. And you wake up in the morning and you're like, I definitely feel thinner. Like I, this is working. I can feel it. And then you get up from your bed and you take 15 steps to the bathroom and you step on the scale and the number on the scale is higher than what you thought it would be. What happens in that moment, right? All of a sudden you notice all of these folds and these rolls and these things on your body that you were sure were not there 15 steps ago when you were laying in your bed, right? All of a sudden, instead of feeling light and in control and confident, you feel heavy and disgusted and frustrated with yourself. So what changed? What changed from those 15 steps from your bed to the scale? Nothing about your body changed in those 15 steps. It was your mind. It was what you thought about your body. Ladies, it starts in our heads, not in our thighs. Losing weight or changing the outside of your body will do nothing to change what is going on in your head. And if you really do want to make real changes, 
and sincerely become a new you, start by changing the way you think about your body. What if you spent as much time every day working on your thoughts and trying to love yourself? What if you spent that much time, as much time as you spent on meal prep and exercise and all those other things that you do to try and change the outside? If you spent that much time every day working on your thoughts and trying to love yourself, imagine what that could do for you. Changing the number that you see on the scale will do nothing to make you a different person. I promise. So get real with yourself about what you want to feel. What did you think that being skinny or more toned would bring into your life? Was it confidence? Then start being confident right now. Start being that girl that you want to be. Don't wait for your body to take you there because it can't. Choose to be confident right now, exactly as you are. You're going to have to hang with me for just one second. But the message that we hear a lot lately is that you are enough. And you're probably like, wait, whoa, whoa. Why is this a bad negative message? I'm going to tell you. I think it is a really, really great step in the right direction. Right To say you are enough, it allows us to kind of breathe a collective sigh of relief, right? But let me tell you something. You are more than enough. Enough means sufficient, right? When someone says, you know, are you hungry? Now I've had enough, right? I've had sufficient for my needs. Well, here's the thing. You are exactly what and who you are supposed to be right now. You are the only you. You are more than just sufficient. And you might be thinking, oh, wait, you don't know me. I'm a mess. Well, guess what? Welcome to the club. (laughs) We all are. It's part of being a human. So what if you gave yourself permission to be wonderful and messy? What if you started to tell yourself that you, as you are right now, are exactly the way you're supposed to be? That doesn't mean that you aren't going to get more organized or that you're going to start moving your body more or that you're going to get better at doing the dishes right after dinner, right? It doesn't mean that you're giving up. It just means that for right now, in this moment in time, you're living and experience life the exact way that God hoped for you to be. It's allowing yourself to just breathe. And just be. One of the things that I like to think about is that I am the only one who can be my child's mother, my husband's wife, my friend's friend, my sister's sister. So be the best that you can be. Free up your life so that you can show up exactly how you want to and know that however you show up is how it needs to be. You are so much more than just enough. I hope that you'll take time to be still for a minute after you've listened to this podcast and to think about these messages, these ideas about the need for external measuring sticks for our health and this idea of new body and new you and you are enough. And I hope that as you see these messages in society, in social media, or wherever it is that you find them, I hope that you will question them. I hope that you'll push back. I hope that you will call the emperor out and say, wait a second here, all I see is underwear. 
because we need women who will call these things out. Because as we do so, and as we start to recognize the lies and essentially the smoke that so much of our self-worth is based on, that's when we can start to rebuild, right? That's when we can take our power back. And that's when we can start to make big, big changes. Again, I hope that you will share this podcast with other women in your life that need it. I hope that you'll listen to these ideas together and that you'll talk about them. I hope that you'll take these ideas and that you'll share them with each other, that you'll talk about them, that you'll hold each other to some standards of not talking about your bodies in a negative way or not self-criticizing. Finding women to be in this journey with you is one of the most powerful and important things that you will do. But also know that I'm here for you. You can reach out to me on Instagram at Body Peace Collective. Um, I do check my DMs mostly because I don't get very many of them. I'm new <laughs> to Instagram. But if you have questions, please send them my way or things that you want me to cover in this podcast. But again, thank you for being here. Thank you for listening. Remember, you are more than enough and you have everything you need right now to become the woman that you want to be. You don't need anything else measuring you or telling you whether or not you are good enough. Have a wonderful, wonderful day and we'll see you next week.